Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. I'm Jeff Ludington, the lead pastor at Generations Church, and I am flying solo today. Uh, Every once in a while, there's an episode where Rob just says, hey, I think this one you should tackle alone. I'm not sure if he's afraid of the blowback or if he actually thinks I can handle it alone. I don't know what it is, but today is one of those days. We're in a series called Questions from the Classroom, and these were questions that really began a couple years ago as I started compiling questions that seniors in high school had, and I had hundreds, just hundreds and hundreds of questions uh, as I taught Bible at a local school, still do, and... uh, these questions began to kind of surface, and I realized that these questions that get asked in high school by 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, and then sometimes younger students, they, never, they seem to be the same questions that adults, people in churches are asking all the time. So I feel like these questions come up, and maybe they're not getting good answers to them. So we started compiling all those questions, and it spread. In fact, it spread like wildfire. We got questions from other students. We got questions from faculty, teachers, and and administrators. Uh, And then all of you that listed started submitting questions. So we've stayed with this theme of answering hard questions from a biblical perspective. And today, the question is about live streaming church. Is live streaming a biblical way to, quote unquote, attend church? church, right? Is it a legitimate biblical option to going to an in-person worship service? Now, I want to put a little context around this. I want to qualify this and focus this a bit. So let's assume, number one, you are healthy enough to attend church. That might be uh, a temporary healthy enough, like you don't have COVID, or you know what we're doing is excluding people that have chronic illness and just can't attend church, right? So let's exclude people that, you know, test positive for COVID, have to quarantine, are chronically ill, you know, whatever that might be. And so I want to qualify with this by saying, let's say you get out of the house already. You go to work, maybe you do something for entertainment outside the house. So if that's you and you're choosing to live stream out of convenience, this question's for you. And I'm going to say if you fit those qualifications, you're healthy enough, you go to work, you go out for other things, other, you know, entertainment or whatever it might be. Um, The answer is no, live streaming is not a legitimate biblical option. Now, here's why not. And I want to focus in around one key passage in Hebrews 10. I'm going to reference some others, but there's this call to the church the author of Hebrews offers, and he says, let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, the context for that passage in this first century church, is that persecution had been particularly hard on Christians. They had been mistreated, uh, beaten, killed, martyred. I just, they had been going through a tough time. This caused them to not want to gather as Christians in a church setting, right? Gather together to worship because of the risk. And so the author of Hebrews is writing to that context. He's writing to them saying, listen, don't give up meeting together. Do not neglect meeting together, as is the habit of some. And so the author of Hebrews is telling them, listen, the gathering of the church is so important that it's worth the risk. Now, our modern day context is a bit different. Live streaming, for the most part, um, started largely, and not, now not started, but started becoming an option for a lot of people two years ago, roughly two years ago, when COVID got bad. 
Before that, most people didn't watch services online. And in fact, many were resistant to it. In fact, a large debate broke out around whether this was even a faithful way to do it during COVID. Now, at that point, I offered a different answer, that I thought live streaming was a valid biblical option when it was a way to prevent illness from spreading, things like that. Especially early with COVID, we didn't know a lot. There was definitely some different answers. Oh, it's just like the flu, which it turned out to be much more serious. Or, hey, we just didn't know. And so this was the way to, to handle things. And so for a short time, an online service or, or a live streaming service, uh, is, it seems like an option for us. But then as time weighs on and people are no longer able to gather together and, and this becomes the norm, or now, now that churches are all back open and people are just choosing to live stream, now we're in a different setting. This is where the author speaks to us, hey, don't neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And so what would be considered meeting together? Now, if I jump on a Zoom meeting and I meet with 10 people across the world, you know, the nation or the world or the, or the neighborhood, doesn't matter, but that's still a meeting, right? That's still, I had a meeting. But is that really what a church is about? Now, here's the setting, and or here's the context. There's a larger section of Hebrews 10. I'm going to back up from verse 25, which is our key verse, and I'm going to start at verse 19. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter into the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with all our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So basically, the beginning is uh, that we gather together in spite of, in spite of persecution confidently because... Jesus has taken care of not only today, but of eternity, right? So no matter what happens, he reminds us that we have this great high priest, speaking of Jesus, who has given his life for us, who has cleansed us and washed us. And so he calls us to draw near. Now that draw near is actually draw near to God. But he continues. He says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful, speaking of Jesus, he who promised is faithful. Now, verse 24, he says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Verse 25, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. He continues, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, that day drawing near is the end. So, as you see the end coming, press in. So, he says a few things. Now, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us be strong in our profession of our faith, right? He who promised Jesus is faithful. Then he talks about the engagement of one another. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. So there's that one another again. And so the sense of this gathering is about being with one another. And so the modern problem that we have is we have a very flawed view of church. Most people explain church as what they attend or go to, not what they're a part of. Now, they might speak of being a member at a church or being a part of a church or serving in a church or whatever they might be. But when they talk about the Sunday gathering, they talk about what they attend. It's easy to take your attendance and go digital, 
right? It's easy to take your, you know, I show up and I get there, you know, just in time or five minutes late, which is super common in California, right? I, I show up late. Uh, I get there and, you know, the, the, the announcements are getting done. The opening music is getting done. And I get there just in time to catch the message as if that's what they're there for. Uh, maybe they show up and they serve, do whatever, but most people speak about church as what they attend. So they're watching something take place live. They don't talk about necessarily gathering and praying or gathering and maybe singing or, or you know, gathering around God's word, what all those other components, but rather what they attend. So it's easy to take your attendance and just move it online. Instead of attending a movie in a movie theater, I could just sit at home and live stream it, or I can just watch it on a TV, on-demand movie on a TV. When church becomes that, our view of church is very, very broken. And so there's a paradigm question here, right? If we understand what it means to be a church, if our paradigm about a church is different than what we attend, then, then the answer is different. So as modern Christians, we're, uh, and overall, we're a group of consumers, especially around the church, and not contributors. And what that means is we tend to take from a church or watch a church, but we don't participate in the church. So breaking what it means to be a church in our minds, breaking down that paradigm, takes away that question about attendance, right? Attending doesn't become the goal. Meeting together does. Worshiping together, learning together, growing together, serving together, being together is more about what it means to be a church. So why would churches then, and Generations does this, why would we offer an online service to this day? Okay, so it made sense two years ago when COVID first hit and things were really bad and people were asking churches not to gather to help prevent the spread, things like that. But we still do it. In fact, for Generations Church, we've been live streaming for about six years. So we were live streaming long before the pandemic. But see, for us, live streaming was a thing that went out and, and was missional. It reached non-believing people through social media and other things. It was also a way that those who traveled for work or for, you know, for fun, for vacation, anything, maybe or got sick and had to stay home, that they could, they could kind of participate with us by joining in online. At least they could kind of hear the message, stay current in the series. Maybe they worship in their hotel room or with their family somewhere else. Uh, but today, as the pandemic is over, we've switched back to that mode. We still offer an online service, and that's great for folks that are not able to come. And I say this with a wife who's chronically ill and who doesn't often make it to church. We love providing that for her. There are folks all over the place that just cannot make it. Or maybe you get sick, maybe you test positive, and you get COVID, or maybe something happens and you can't make it. We love providing an online service. There are people that share it online and others join in. We have a lot of people that have joined, a, uh, started attending our church, but have become a part of it because they first watched a live stream. So for us, it's an outward reaching thing. So we still do it. We continue to do it. We plan to continue to do it. But we've begun to call people back. So what does it mean to attend church then? What does it mean to belong to a church, to participate in a church? I talked about this in a prior episode about leaving churches, and we use the uh, 1 Corinthians 12 passage. It talks about being members of a body. Uh, verse 4, 1 Corinthians 12, 4, there's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there's a variety of service, but the same Lord. There's a variety of activities, 
but is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So notice things like this. There's a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's a variety of service. In other words, how you use that gift, right? A variety of activities, things you can do, but the same God. And then this verse, verse 7, to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You're given a gift of the Spirit, whoever you are, and Christ, wherever you attend, whatever you do, however you're gifted. You're given a manifestation or a gift or a presence, an ability through the Spirit, but these final four words in that verse, for the common good, that's critical. Your job is to serve the rest of the body with your giftedness. It goes on a few verses later in verse 12, it says, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one, so it is with Christ. You see, you can't attend something and be a member of a body, right? It means participating in it. You know, a hand, a foot, an arm, a leg, a cardiovascular system, a brain, whatever it might be. They don't just watch, they participate in the body. A few verses later, 1 Corinthians goes on. Paul says to the church in verse 18, But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So Paul is casting this vision for us contributing together like a human body, right? That we all work together, that we all have a place in a body. He says, so it is with Christ. He goes on, verse 21, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet that I have no need of you. See, there's two fatal flaws here. One is not hearing the first part that says each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, each person is gifted to contribute to the overall body of Christ, the lo- meaning the local church. And the body of Christ, remember, we've said this a lot, this isn't a global body of Christ. You can't participate in the global body of Christ. You can't love one another across the globe. You, you can serve and do some short-term things, but to be known and to serve and to be a part and to belong, that's all a local church. And every time these passages are written, like Paul writing to the local church in Corinth, he's writing to that local church. And so the one fatal flaw is just not believing that you are a part of it, that you contribute. And the other part of that is thinking that Other people don't contribute to you. Those are two fatal flaws, one that you don't give to others and that they don't give to you. And when we lose sight of those two things, then we attend, right? And we get from the pastor, get from the worship leader or the children's director. But when we see this as our part of something, our contribution, our mutual giving back and forth to a body, then you can't possibly do that by just watching it on a screen, So the question restated, right? Is live streaming a biblical way to participate, not just attend, but participate in a church? And and no, you can't. You can't participate with others from your couch. But live streaming has become so popular. It's funny because when live streaming first really kicked in two years ago with COVID, people were very reticent, very hesitant to do it. Oh, I don't want to do this and blah, blah, blah. But now... Millions of American Christians are sitting at home on Sundays when they'll go out for other things. They'll go out to go to dinner. They'll go out to something else. They'll go out to have fun. They'll go out to go to work, but they won't go out for the most important thing, to be together at the body of Christ. So to make this point a little stronger, there is many, uh, 30-something or other 
I've lost count, but one another's in the Bible. And this isn't like they said to one another, like incidental kind of one another's, but meaningful one another's, love one another, be at peace with one another, outdo one another in showing affection. That's Romans 12.10. Live in harmony with one another, Romans also, right? Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Instruct one another, care for one another, comfort one another, agree with one another. Through love, serve one another. That's in Galatians. There's all these one another's, right? Bear with one another. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another. You can't possibly do that from a, a television, from a live stream, from a phone. Have fellowship with one another, 1 John 1.7, right? Pray for one another. Can you pray for one another? Yeah, you can pray at home. But you can't stand there, hear the needs of one another, and pray for them on the spot from your couch. Confess your sins to one another. I don't know a single person that's doing that over a live stream, right? Stir up one another to love and good works. That's that passage we were in, Hebrews 10. And so the idea here is that in order to fulfill what it means to be a part of a church, you got to lose the idea of attendance and embrace the idea of belonging and contributing. And in order to do that, you've got to believe two things, that, that the Holy Spirit has gifted and equipped you to contribute to the church and that that is necessary. And the other thing is that others are also equipped by the Holy Spirit to contribute to you. And so there's this reciprocal back and forth of one another. And that's what it means to be a part of a church. And you can't possibly do that by live streaming each Sunday. And so it takes getting up off the couch and getting dressed and showing up. And let me, I'm going to say this because uh, it's a pet peeve of mine, but it's, it's a true statement just the same. Be on time. Show God the respect that you would have to show to go to school or go to work or something and keep your job or your class. But go, go and be a part. Sit there, sing, your, sing the songs as worship to God. Pray the prayers with one another. If your church does a call and response, participate. Lift your hands and worship. Open your Bible, take some notes. Let the Spirit of God speak to you. So again, let's assume you're healthy enough to get to church. And let's assume you go out for something else. You go out for other things. If that's you, then it's time to get up off the couch and go back to church, right? It isn't a biblical option to sit at home and just watch. It's like the same thing. And in fact, I'll take it one step further. It is not really a biblical option to just attend, even in person, to just show up, walk in, attend, and walk back out. That doesn't fulfill it either. More to come on that. We're going to spend a lot of time this year talking about what it means to be a church and be a part of a church, to participate in the body of Christ. But for now, answering the question, live streaming, live streaming should be the exception, not the rule. It should be the exception for those who cannot come, cannot be there. That should be an option that, that helps them feel and, and learn and even worship. But it should let them know that their church loves them enough to reach out to them. It should be a missional option where we, we put this out there so that those who don't attend churches can see it, hear it, experience it, and then show up. But it should be the exception. For all the rest of us who are able to come, we should be there. And we should be there to participate, not just attend. And so if you've heard this today and this challenges you, you're in our area, Generations Church, we're on the edge of LA and Orange County, and we would love to have you. We'd love to answer questions and, and push and pull on this idea of what it means to belong to a church. Wherever you're podcasting, thank you for listening to us. If you like what you've heard, share this podcast with others.
As always, if you have a question, you can email us at questions at generations.email, questions at generation.email. We've taken these questions and started answering the ones that have come in, and we would love to hear more. In the meantime, God bless you. God loves you. Thank you for listening. <laughs>